Thank you for joining Manners and Other Matters, the podcast which brings you all the insights you need to navigate the intricate world of modern manners and elegant living. I'm your host, Louise Percy, and I'm delighted to be your guide on this journey towards a more refined and gracious way of life. I'm here to share my knowledge and insights with you, and I will also be bringing in a lineup of experts from the worlds of etiquette and elegant living to share their wisdom and experiences. The art of etiquette isn't just about following a set of rigid, traditional rules. It's about fostering meaningful relationships, both in your personal and professional life. Whether you're dining with colleagues, entertaining guests, or simply striving for a more elegant lifestyle. Subscribe to Manners and Other Matters today, and let's explore the world of etiquette, manners, and the pursuit of elegance together. Hello and welcome to Episode 3 of Manners and Other Matters. Today I want to speak to you about networking skills, conversation skills, because we're very, very quickly coming towards the end of the year and of course it's the time for end of year office parties, for Christmas parties, for happy holiday parties and sometimes it can all seem a little daunting, don't you think? So I'd like to give you some tips and tricks today. We're going to be talking about general etiquette, things like forms of address and introductions, etc. but also some manners and I'd like to give you some tips that will help you perhaps manage the the more difficult moments when you think, what on earth am I doing here? And then I'm going to finish this episode with my 10 commandments for excellent business etiquette, particularly with networking. So let's get started. Coming from a military background, I was always told by my father that there were five very special P's, and they were prior, preparation, prevents, poor performance. Now, in the military, sometimes they add a sixth P, but because I'm a a lady, I'm not going to mention it. I'm sure some of you can use your imagination. And why do I mention this? It's because when you're going into this, what we vernacularly call a silly season of office parties, etc., you need to be really well organized. You need to be well prepped. So before you leave your home in the morning, make sure that you're aware of what's happening with your day so that you are perfectly presented for every occasion. Now, what do I mean by that? It means that if you're going to have a full day at work and you're then going out to a networking function, an office party, perhaps as a guest of a client or whatever it may well be, you need to be dressed appropriately for the occasion. Now, every invitation that you receive, I hope, will not only have an RSVP or reply on it and the date if there's a date, is the date by which you apply, not necessarily the date on which you apply, but also a dress code. And I'll go into dress codes in more detail in another podcast, but dress codes these days are things like business attire or lounge suit, which is basically for men the sort of suit that they would wear if they're wearing a suit to the office, and for women something appropriate that they would be wearing for the office on that sort of dress code. But then there's the ghastly smart casual. Now, smart casual is difficult. It means different things to different people. It's different in various cultures. It's certainly different even here in Australia and on some of the states, let alone functions. So my little tip here 
is that when you RSVP to an invitation, always ask what standard of smart casual is expected. And the easiest way to do that is to ask if the men are expected to wear jackets and ties. So not a suit, but perhaps a sports jacket. And ladies, that means that you then know whether or not you're going to be wearing a smart work outfit, but perhaps without the cocktail look, etc. Some of it is just really trying to put it together, but by asking questions, it means that you have much more of a fail-safe opportunity to not be making a faux pas with your presentation. So that's one of the five Ps. The rest of the five Ps are things that when you're going into a networking function, you need to address. And so I'm going to go back to the beginning now of what I consider are the most important components in understanding the etiquette that you're going to encounter when you're going to these numerous parties. Remembering that, even if you don't feel like being there, you're being an ambassador for either your own brand or for the company or firm you represent. You're there for only maybe two hours, so just get on with it. Do a good job. And so when you finally leave, you're able to say, well, for example, with me, Louise, that was okay. You did just fine. It's not always fun going to these functions, particularly if you're a little shy, if you're an introvert. But keep listening because I'm going to give you some wisdom to help you along the way. When I first started the Percy Institute, I put together something that I call the ACER, A-C-E-R principle, and that is A is for your attitude, a positive attitude, an attitude that realising that your etiquette knowledge is really just another communication skill. It's like another tool in your business manners, your business branding toolbox. Cross-cultural awareness for the C. Do keep that in mind. We live in a wonderfully multicultural world and sometimes the way that we communicate is not necessarily for everybody the same way. So be cautious with your tone, be cautious with your language, whilst at the same time always managing your own level of authenticity and integrity. The E is for etiquette. So the etiquette are really the guidelines It's things like the forms of dress you're going to use, the way that you introduce people. And we'll go through that in a little more detail in a couple of minutes. And then the R in the ASA principle is respect. Have respect for yourself, for your choices, the decision-making processes, and it will allow you to then, in your own level of confidence, show respect for all those with whom you come in contact, even if you don't necessarily agree with them. And so the essentials of protocol, when you're looking at this sort of concept of etiquette, are the order of precedence, most importantly, because this order of precedence is going to affect all aspects of your business card exchange, your greetings, your introductions, your seating plans, all sorts of things. And what is the order of precedence? It's based on age, hierarchy. It's very easy for us to understand in a country situation, you have a president or you have a governor general. In my country, it's a governor general, then a prime minister, then the executive cabinet, and then we have state premiers, etc. So it's that decreasing 
order of precedence. That's going to affect so much of your business etiquette. So let's have a look and see how it works with introductions. When you have two or more people who don't know each other, you must introduce them. And how does the order of precedence affect this? The order of precedence affects this because the junior person is introduced to the senior person. So the senior person's name is mentioned first in the introduction. Mr. Smith, may I introduce my colleague, Samantha? Samantha has joined our organisation only recently. She's assisting me in the area of accounts, something like that. It then also would mean that you're going to look at things like forms of address. Now, in Australia, we tend to be fairly casual, but in many, many countries around the world and many cultures, the first name would never, ever be used in a business sense. It would always be Mr., Mrs., Ms., Miss, Mex, Professor, Doctor, whatever it is, rather than just referring to me as Louise. So if it was in a situation, I'll give you an example, if it was in a situation where I was introducing somebody to somebody, I would say, and the person I was introducing to was obviously senior to me, so I'd say, Professor Anderson, may I introduce my colleague, Sam Smith? Professor Anderson would say, well, I'm pleased to meet you, Mr. Smith. And at that stage, Sam could say, oh, Professor, please, please call me Sam. But you've given that opportunity for that form of address to be used. Now, of course, not everybody's comfortable with this. And quite frankly, I work with a a tertiary university here in Western Australia, which is choosing not to use any forms of dress other than academic ones because of gender identity issues. And so if you're unsure, always ask how people that you're introducing would prefer to be introduced. Do they have a preferred form of address or would they prefer for their first name and family name just to be used? And you can do this very, very discreetly. Now, if you're hosting a function, I would like to think that this is part of your five Ps, your prior preparation preventing poor performance, so that you are aware of the way that your guests, your colleagues would prefer to be introduced. Now, correct pronunciation is also so important in the introduction. And there's absolutely nothing wrong if you have a surname which is difficult to pronounce and someone who's introducing you pronounces it incorrectly to say very discreetly, actually, Louise, it's pronounced such and such. Two reasons for this is one that Louise will feel much more comfortable knowing that she's introduced that person correctly and doesn't get to the end of the function thinking, oh my heavens, I've introduced so-and-so to 20 people and I've, I've used incorrect pronunciation the whole way through. And it also takes confidence sometimes to say to somebody, well, look, you know, my, the pronunciation of my name is such and such. Go ahead and do it anyway. It's really important that you're recognized by your correct name. Over the 32 years that I have had the Percy Institute, I have asked thousands of people, literally thousands of people that I have spoken to in person to put their hand up if they have never forgotten someone's name. And I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that no one has ever put their hand up. We all forget names at various times. It happens. We can be distracted. 
we can be meeting too many people at the same time. It happens. And so what happens if you are in a situation where you're supposed to be introducing two people and you do forget someone's name? Will you actually just say, I'm terribly sorry. I know we've met previously, but I've forgotten your name. And the person will say, oh, not a problem at all. I'm David Anderson. You will breathe a sigh of relief because you'll then be able to say to the person with whom you're speaking and to whom you should invite, Josephine, I'd like you to meet David Anderson. David, Josephine Sheehan. It's so much easier. We've all done it, so don't be frightened to actually ask someone to remind you of their name. And also, if you're going to be seen as a polished professional at any of these networking functions, it's a really good idea to have done your homework by the five Ps so that if you're the one making the introduction, you have a few just little details of the people that you're introducing, not a potted biography of them, just a few little details so that if you're in a situation where you have to extricate yourself from the conversation to move around the room, whether you're in a host or a guest role, then you're able to do so and leave those two people speaking comfortably together. So now another component of the introduction is the handshake. And as we all remember, during the pandemic, we weren't shaking hands, but I would just like to mention the etiquette of the handshake because it is, in many, many cultures, a very important component of the introduction. So once again, with handshake, the order of precedence is very important. The more senior person extends their hand first. However, the host for any meeting or function extends their hand first, irrespective of the seniority of the person that they are welcoming to the event or to the meeting. Now, what happens if someone doesn't extend their hand? Should you put your hand out? Well, of course, these guidelines that I've given you are not set in concrete. They're really just a finesse. And so if you feel comfortable putting your hand out, please do so. But otherwise, there are still people after the pandemic or as a result of cultural issues that would prefer not to shake hands. And in that circumstance, you just grasp your hands in front of you in a casual but elegant fashion, make eye contact, and just give a short nod of your head. Do remember also that socially, it is the woman's prerogative to extend her hand if handshaking is being undertaken as you're meeting and greeting. As I've mentioned, in many cultures, cross-sexual touching in any sense, be it social or business, does not occur. And so if somebody much more senior than you, perhaps a female government minister or a female CEO or the head of a department in your university or whatever the circumstance doesn't extend their hand to you as you arrive at their office or at an event, it's better to err on the side of safety and not extend your hand either. And then we have the business card or name card, as it's called in many cultures. Now, some people think that this is a bit anachronistic these days, because at networking functions, people will hand over mobile phones and say, can you just put your contact details in here? Or else they'll have a QR code that they can actually just scan. But for the purposes of this particular episode, and I'll cover all those different concepts in later episodes, but in this particular episode, I want to talk about the more traditional business card. 
And the business card is actually a symbol of your branding, of your identity. And so it should always be treated when you're presented with a business card, for example, with respect. When you take the business card, you should always have a look at the name of the person, acknowledge their position in the organization, and make eye contact to allow for that recognition that you have acknowledged their position. Also remember, and this is a little tip, that if you actually are looking at the business card, it's giving you another, another opportunity to actually remember the person's name. Don't ever put the business card in your back pocket, gentlemen, and sit on it. Remembering that it's a symbol of identity for someone. So rather, if you're wearing a jacket, you can put it in the inside pocket of your jacket. And for the women, I tend to actually, whenever I go to a networking function, have a handbag which has an outside pocket and I can discreetly put the business card away there. And what do you do with the business card? You can actually use it so importantly. So if you're going back to a function later in the month or in six weeks' time from the same organization, do go back through the business cards, whether you've electronically diarized them or you've filed them or whatever it is. It will help you to remember the person's name. And if you're like me, you will have made a little note next to my diary entry for that business card mentioning what the owner of the business card and I have talked about at the function. So you can bring that up when you first meet them again. An example would be, Samantha, last time I saw you, you were about to go to France to do a language immersion course. How was it? I've always wanted to do that. You immediately have something to talk about. Now to the main question that I am always asked, and that is, How do you remember somebody's name, Louise? The most, I suppose, convenient way to remember somebody's name is to use it. So if we're using first names that would be, Brian, how nice to meet you. I've actually heard so much about you from David. I understand that what you're doing with regard to your leadership and mentoring coaching is absolutely new and very vital. Would you mind telling me more about it? Brian, how long have you been in this role? So that way, that first name is absolutely on the tip of my tongue. And if the worst comes to the worst and someone comes up and I have to introduce them to Brian, I'm able to say, Brian, I'm terribly sorry, I've forgotten your family name. And he will say his family name and I can then give a full introduction. That's my fail-safe way for remembering names. Use the names as soon as you have an opportunity to talk to that person in asking them a question. Now, the other thing is that people will quite often say to me is, oh, Louise, you know, sometimes I just find it so difficult to go to these networking functions, particularly if I'm representing my own small business or I'm the only one from my team going. And my advice always is, take yourself off go to the bathroom or whatever it is, place your lipstick if you're a lady, just look at yourself in the mirror and remind yourself with internal self-talk that you're there to do a job and to jolly well get on with it. Because every time, ladies and gentlemen, that you do a good job, it is going to augur so well for you with your confidence in the future. And so now, my 10 commandments of excellent business etiquette when you're networking. Number one, thou shalt prepare. 
Have a positive attitude and focus. Have a good positive self-introduction. Be confident with your self-introduction. You don't need to give your title, but you can say something like, I'm very pleased to meet you. I'm Louise Percy from the Percy Institute. It's a consultancy in social and business etiquette and elegant lifestyle. That will immediately give the person the opportunity to say, how unusual, which is what usually happens. How unusual, Louise, could you tell me more about it? Conversation started. Do remember to always have enough business cards, that universal gesture of a smile, and also be confident with your handshake, remembering that in this day and age, men and women have a similar handshake grip. But gentlemen, if you happen to have a very strong handshake, do be gentle with we women. Number two, thou shalt attend. Do always RSVP or reply to the invitation, remembering that the date that is on the invitation is the date by which, not necessarily the date on which you reply. Number three, thou shalt try strategies that feel comfortable. Read people's name tags without eyeballing them. And do remember that the name tag actually goes on your left side. Approach and be approachable. Listen to people. Care what they're saying. If you have to, extricate courteously and mingle gracefully. If you said to somebody that you will follow up, do so please, within 24 hours. And always remember to telephone or send a thank you, depending on what format you're using. It also depends on the the formality of the function, but more on that in another episode. Number three, thou shalt try strategies that feel comfortable. So once you've already read the name tags, do try all of these other things that I've mentioned about your conversation, etc. Number four, thou shalt say something. Don't wait. Initiate some conversation. Take a risk. Listen with interest to the response. Number five, thou shalt mind thy manners. Learn old and new etiquette and brush up on your manners, remembering that please and thank you mean exactly the same in every language and every culture. Acknowledge others and treat everyone politely. That includes the servers at any function that you're attending. Number six, thou shalt avoid the common crutches. Do not arrive too late. Do not leave too early. Don't drink too much. If you're drinking alcohol, remember you're there as an ambassador for either your own brand or your organisation. Don't eat too much. You're not there as a taste tester. And years ago, my military naval father used to say to me, the best thing to do before you went to any of those functions, in case you're going to be having a glass of wine or something, is to eat before you go anyway. And maintain your own level of independence and integrity, particularly if you're feeling uncomfortable or being made to feel uncomfortable for whatever reason by others. Number seven, thou shalt remember the three E's. Make an effort, bring your energy, and exude enthusiasm within the bounds of your own personality. Number eight, thou shalt dress appropriately. If unsure, always ask. Number nine, thou shalt remember the three C's. These might sound perhaps a little old-fashioned, but they really make a difference. Courtesy, caring, and genuine charm. And number ten, thou shalt bring thy sense of humour. Always appropriate, tasteful, and timely. Remembering that a sense of humour does not necessarily mean telling of jokes 
And also remember, please, ladies and gentlemen, that jokes don't necessarily pass cultural boundaries, etc. So joke telling should be perhaps left to another time. Your sense of humour, if you're like me, is quite often self-deprecating. If I do have to go to the ladies' room to remind myself why I'm there to do a very good job, it will be, come on, Louise, don't be a silly girl. Just get out there and do the job that's required. So I really would like to receive your comments, please. I'll be putting show notes up and you'll be able to see those through a link to the Percy Institute podcast page. And please also, because I do want to keep this podcast really authentic for you, And the way that I can do that the very best is to be answering your questions with every subject that I'm talking about. So please, until I speak to you next time, thank you so much for listening. Wait out for the next episode because we are coming up to the happy holiday season and I'm going to be talking about the etiquette of blended families. Thank you so much for joining me today. Your time and attention are greatly appreciated. And I hope you've found our discussion both enlightening and inspiring. If you've enjoyed our conversation and want to stay connected with us on this journey of elegance and refinement, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favourite podcast platforms. And why not share the wisdom with your friends and family? Etiquette is best enjoyed when it's a shared experience after all. And for all the latest updates, behind-the-scenes moments and exclusive content, Be sure to follow the Percy Institute on Facebook and Instagram. And please also do join my Facebook group. It's called The Elegance Club and you'll get exclusive offers and bonuses. Remember, the pursuit of a more elegant life is a continuous journey and I'm delighted to share your journey. Feedback and engagement mean the world to me here. So please keep those comments, questions and suggestions coming. I love hearing from you. So until next time, my dear listeners, stay graceful, stay kind, and may your life be filled with elegance and joy. Thank you for being a part of Manners and Other Matters. Goodbye for now.